Salaries for federal employees, on average, fall behind the private sector, according to the Federal Salary Council. The council accepted a host of new recommendations from a working group to tweak a few pay raise, pay locality areas for federal employees next year. Here with more of the details and the findings, Federal News Network's Drew Friedman. Hey, Drew. Hi, Jared. So there, there's a few different things going on here, but let's start with the pay disparity. What did the council say about where things stand as of now? A new report from the Federal Salary Council last week showed that the pay disparity between public and private sector employees for those in similar positions was on average 22.47%. So that is a slight decline from the last time that they had this sort of report. In late 2020, they calculated that disparity at 23.11%. So it's down by just under one percentage point. A slight drop, though the gap overall is is quite large. But I should mention that the pay disparity is calculated based on wages only, and it doesn't compensate for potential differences in benefits between public and private sector employees. However, the new pay disparity report from the Federal Salary Council is actually causing some federal unions now to renew and continue pushing for a larger federal pay raise in 2023. Yeah, and we're not going to get a 20 plus percent pay raise in in one year. What are things actually looking like in terms of the prospect for some amount of raise next year? So there have been some recent indicators in Congress recently for what the federal pay raise will look like for next year. It won't be up to 20 percent or more as the disparity points to, but the White House's request from March was 4.6% across the board pay raise. That is what both lawmakers, Democrat lawmakers in the House and Senate have supported in their recent appropriations bills. The House's version of the 2023 Financial Services and General Government Bill passed the full House recently, and the Senate has released its draft partnership legislation for that. Both of the bills do not mention the 4.6% raise, which means that they are essentially aligning with the White House's request. And remind us what kind of the, the Salary Council's function in, in the overall grand scheme of things is. I mean, they, they obviously don't have the power to unilaterally set pay. What What is their role here? Right. So essentially, the Federal Salary Council puts forward from uh, with recommendations from a working group some ways to tweak pay localities for federal workers across the U.S. So this working group, which includes leaders from several different federal unions, they make recommendations to the Federal Salary Council, essentially looking at uh, local living conditions in different areas of the country and how that might affect federal pay. So kind of adjusting this larger across the board pay raise for certain areas. The council actually consists of three politically appointed members who are all part of, um, sorry, who all approved the working group's recommendations during a meeting just last week. And last year, notably, the council actually didn't make any recommendations because those politically appointed seats were empty. But back in March, Biden appointed uh, three people, Stephen Condry, Janice Lachance, and James Lawrence to that council. So they were at this meeting, they accepted the recommendations, and they're essentially, you know, considering changes to the pay locality system overall. Yeah, what what were those changes we mentioned on the way in that there were going to be, uh, there are, or at least there are proposed a couple new locality areas to start with? 
Yeah, so for context, there are currently 53 pay locality areas in the U.S. plus a 54th rest of U.S. category. That's one that is shrinking a bit over time as more localities are added or more uh, counties and cities get added to existing pay locality areas. This year, the council did make a couple new recommendations for to add pay locality areas, specifically Fresno, California and Spokane, Washington. If those recommendations become official, the pay localities would impact about 11,400 workers who are in the general schedule and living in those two cities. And they also recommended adding Reno, Nevada and Rochester, New York. That would impact a slightly smaller group, 4,800 GS employees across those two cities. But in Reno and Rochester, they both uh, have a roughly 17% pay disparity, which does exceed the minimum 10% uh, threshold that is required to establish a new pay locality. And uh, and also the recommendations would add just a couple peripheral areas to the pay localities as well for Richmond, Virginia, Boston, Detroit, and Seattle. And, and beyond the changes to the locality areas, any other recommendations from the council at this most recent meeting? Right. They are trying to put forth a couple more broad, I guess, recommendations uh, for federal salaries. So specifically looking at updating the requirements that are needed to actually establish or define a new pay locality. The recommendations from this working group that the council accepted specifically asked to remove the requirement uh, for there to be a a minimum of 2,500 GS employees in a given locality for it to be considered as an area to establish a new pay locality. Groups like the American Federation of Government Employees say that letting in smaller groups of the country as their own pay localities would help even out pay disparities. Uh, as we mentioned at the top, the the Federal Salary Council said that it was about you know 22.5% for the federal workforce. So this, and they also talked a little bit about in the meeting um, ways to additionally help with employee recruitment and retention where some agencies might additionally struggle they agencies they were reminded that agencies have a little bit extra authority to provide additional compensation and benefits uh, through the office of personnel management if needed and, and drew i guess we should make clear that these are not final changes there's a couple different layers of proposed proposed and this is not this is not completely final yet so what's the next step right so we had the working group who gave these recommendations to the federal salary council the council then approved and added those recommendations. Those now go those now go to the president's pay agent, which is uh, composed of it's a three member panel, essentially composed of the Labor Department Secretary Marty Walsh, the Office of Management and Budget Director Shalanda Young and the director of the Office of Personnel Management, Kieran Ahuja. So the three of them together will review these recommendations and they have to actually approve them before anything can take real effect or actually go into effect. All right. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman, thanks very much for the update. Thank you. And you can read more in Drew's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. 
and you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.